Hi, everybody. My name is Ace, Ace Kelly, and this song is called uh, King of Spain. I never knew I was a lover Just cause I steal the things you hide Just cause I focus while we're dancing on Just cause I offered you a ride No, I am not from Barcelona I am not even from Madrid I am a native of the North Pole And that could mess up any kid well, if you reinvent my name And if you redirect my day I want to be the king of Spain Settling Pamplona And I'll salute the boys with words And I will send a man to meet them all The blood is fake so I have her And all the senoritas I am Will be a fountain of my life While you float on siestas I'll search for bottles and for knives well, if you could reinvent my name And if you could redirect my day I want to be the king of Spain My boots of Spanish leather While I'm tightening my crown I'll disappear in some flamenco Perhaps I'll reach the other side Why are you stabbing my illusions? Just cause I stole an eagle's wing Just cause I name you as my lover I thought I could be anything Invent my name, and if you could redirect my day, I wanna be the king of Spain. Hi guys, welcome to episode 19. It's been a while. I've been procrastinating. I'm sorry. Finally, I decided I needed to make another episode because you guys were going crazy. You were taking to the streets, rioting, looting. So finally, I was like, I need to do something about this. So I, I know I'm brave. I uh, made an episode podcast. It's, it's okay. This episode takes place with Oliver, my good friend Oliver, from the days of Waldorf, and all throughout our entire lives, pretty much, honestly. Uh, now we're both artists, he's a musician, a talented one, and I'm a comedian, amateur. Uh, together we join forces to put together an even stronger performance. Uh, I ruin their afternoons, and Oliver makes them a little bit less upset that they went out for an open mic that afternoon. Uh, no, but in, in all seriousness, it was a great time. We we, we hung out and uh, did our craft together. Uh, so we sat down and did this episode. Um, this episode is brought to you by Metro PCS. 
well, not really. They didn't they didn't pay me to say this. I'm kind of just choosing to do this. Um, it's not I I don't it's not that I love Metro PCS. You know that to be fair, they do give me cellular coverage sometimes. You know I I always have five bars when I'm not using my phone. It's really it's in those moments where I'm taking a road trip across the United States and I'm stuck in Kansas somewhere in the middle of nowhere where they really just decide to screw me. It's that's really what it feels like. Um in case you aren't already sold on Metro PCS coverage, they have incredibly affordable cellular service as well as a guarantee that when you pull out your phone and people look at it, they will judge you for having Metro PCS. So that's all I have to say. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, Kick back, relax, get a guitar, maybe a lemonade. I don't know. Just sit back and just enjoy it. That was awesome. Great job. Thank you. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah. Uh, My name is Oliver Catron. I go by Ace Kelly when I do music. Mm. Um, I'm 23 years old. Uh, Oh, thank you. I started playing music when I was, um, I guess, about, well, let's see, nine years old at Waldorf when we started our first violin course. I'm telling you this because you know all this stuff. Of course. Over there. I'm You're deeply familiar with these yeah, things. Yeah, you know about these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. You play those instruments, too. We yeah. had a lot of great music. Yeah, a lot of playing on wooden days. sticks. A lot of wooden sticks. Tons. And the recorders, too. Remember the recorders? Yeah. We had all sorts of recorders. We had um, tenors, the altos, little ones, the altos, tiny one, the yeah, sopranos. the little tiny ones, yeah. Yeah, they were really gung ho about those recorders, man. I know. I remember some days would be like one, two solid hours in the morning, just recorder, recorder, recorder. Just, just hardcore, stop, man. They were pretty hardcore. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a staple of the I don't think, do you ever education. Think we sounded good. I don't think. Did we get to a point where we sounded good on those recorders? I don't know if I did. I, I would venture to say no, but yeah. you know who knows? Maybe one of us just had it back in the day. Maybe one of us had it. Yeah. If anybody was to have it, who would have it? Me. Of course, of course. Yeah, of course, the musician, me. of course. Well, I think I bust pretty well in those alto recorders back in the day. I think. Oh, I, I did not. I was bad at those. I got some sound out of those, man. I mean, do you, do people usually eat snacks in this podcast? No, not really. Uh, they're welcome to. Well, it's going to be a lot of noise of me eating crackers if we do the crackers. On oh, the yeah, that actually is going to be pretty annoying. I could um, eat them away from the microphone. Yeah, you can like move it away. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I'll just like fill the silence. Well, I'm going to open the bag. So... um. Thanks for being on my podcast. I think this is episode like, I don't know, 21 at this point. Who wow. knows? It's been a minute and I'm really happy yeah. that you're breaking the three month dry streak of no podcasts. Well, the people have really been clamoring for more. Oh my God. Haven't it. they? So people have been taking to the streets. They yeah. They've been. Re- give people what they want. And, exactly. Uh, demand. Yeah. I can't withhold forever. And you know, I think you and I have to weigh in on the issues of the day. Of course. We're well informed. We're. Members of the Zeitgeist? Yes, of course, the Zeitgeist. You know what a Zeitgeist is? I actually don't, but that joke he did last night was really funny. It was. Yeah. We heard a guy do a joke about the Zeitgeist last night without knowing really what it meant, mm. uh, which are often the best jokes you don't really fully get, uh-huh. them, I've found. You still laugh. We're here in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Riverside. Riverside, California. Which is a slightly less glamorous part of Only California. slightly less glamorous. Slightly, all right? There's there still is. some beauty in the Inland Empire. Yeah. There are roads out here. <laughs> Yeah, there's people. there's sewage, I th- think. Yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of fun driving around the uh-huh. country. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. We we've uh, we've hit L.A. We've gone to Malibu, Santa Monica. We probably put together about 15 hours of driving, I would say. Yeah, honestly. In the past, but we got uh, to do two days. days of surfing. We did two separate days of surfing yeah. for about two hours each. Yeah, it was hard. It was challenging. It was exhausting. Yeah, you had to really work to catch the wave. I think that's yeah. That's probably what. Yeah. The good surfers know how to do. I know. Um, we had a lot of enthusiasm out there on the boards, but not a lot of skill. I, in fact, almost killed someone yesterday. <laughs> I was out there, you know, probably 100 yards from shore, and I was trying to catch a massive wave. And, of course, I got completely overpowered by it. But as I was being sucked under the undertow, I happened to cross paths with an Australian on his surfboard. And we collided, probably as much as you can collide. And uh, I surfaced, you know surfaced there in the riptide and looked around there was his board and he was like right next to me and i said hey man so sorry about that bro i didn't mean to hit you and he was like (laughs) 
<laughs> like, if if you don't know what you're doing, you ought to go sit over there. You know, if you're gonna get caught, you gotta go sit over there, and then uh, you can't be over here if you don't know what you're doing. Really? Like, Wait, he, it's dangerous. He, wow. He told me to fuck off. Really up. Australian, he, huh? Yeah, and I can't do the accent well, but he told me to. Hmm. He had enough of me pretty quick. Yeah. Well, of course. I think. Yeah, some people get really upset, and then there was that lady who was telling us. If you uh, if you want to catch a wave, you have to be facing towards the wave. Yeah, she's probably right about that. that well, I feel like enough. you can look behind you and see the wave. What's Honestly, every time I think you're right, but every time I look behind me, I did miss the wave. So she probably really? knows what she's talking about. Interesting. We should just trust the people who are I know, who well are informed. Yeah. We met some characters on the certain time. We, we met, met a, this guy named Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Absolutely warm, effusive gentleman. Yeah. Um, a great example of the finest SoCal has to offer. He was out there with his tank top and his... Uh-huh. His long hair. Wait, he beard. didn't have a tank top. He had a tank top on. Yep. Tank I thought top. he wasn't he just shirtless. No, he had a tank top. Oh, okay. I was studying him carefully. It was fascinating. <laughs> he had a long white bo- a yellow Dude, he board was good. He caught like every wave. He didn't miss a wave, man. Yeah. Every time I looked up, there was Lorenzo bearing down on me with his thumbs yeah. up, looking so relaxed. And like you, you, he almost ran into you on one. Yeah, of but them. he was so chill about it. Yeah. I actually saw a guy. The other guy we were talking to, the weird dude we were talking to, the older dude with the blue shirt. Oh, the kind of pervy. Yeah. Yeah. He collided with Lorenzo and like blasted the poor guy with his board. And Lorenzo really? was like, oh man, I'm good. I'm fine. Lorenzo like, just takes it. He just takes it. He got smashed. I respect that. Head, but he's just tough. Yeah. A lot of people were like, oh, you can't. You get to a certain age, you don't care about pain anymore. I, I know. You're like, like, I've no. made it this far. I'm living in Malibu. I got four or five years left. Yeah. Yeah. Know, but you've kind of I, won That's life. a good way to go out, right? He's been there his whole life. Well, SoCal, he has. Oh, been yeah. Malibu. He also forced us to speak Spanish. He did. Yeah, that was interesting. So we were out there. Even though he didn't understand no. any of it. So we were out there in yeah. the water, and I was talking to Lorenzo, and then Alvaro was coming up behind us, and to show off, because they have to show off all the time. <laughs> Same here. I yelled to you in Spanish, you know, Hermano ven aquí, something like that. And he was blown away, which was the idea. Uh-huh. And he said, wow, man, where'd you learn all that Spanish? You got such a strong accent. And I made up some bullshit about being in El Salvador or whatever. And then when Alvaro came over, we Wait, showed up that's true, though, right? It you is true, did go to El Salvador. I tell people lots of stories of how I learned to speak Spanish, and none okay. of them are true. Oh, okay. Really. I get crazier than the next... Everyone I tell, I get crazier than the one before. I'm like, yeah, I was in a cartel for a while. The pandillas got me, and I was like, yeah, I, I hitchhiked through Argentina for a bit. And yeah, I used to be married to a... Costa Rican woman, you know, it's, it's just, you're it's totally just about, embellishing. Yeah, none of that is true at all. I spent 12 days in El Salvador and 12 years in, you know, Lexington Spanish class, which actually helped a lot. So, yeah. Anyway, so we were talking Spanish, and Lorenzo insisted that we speak to him in Spanish. Yeah. Even though, like you said, he could not understand what we were saying. Yeah, he's like, speak to me in Spanish, and so I would do it, and I would be like actually trying to tell him something, and he wouldn't understand it, and then I'd be like, I'm trying to say something to you. But, you know, he's a cool guy. He's like, it's more fun that way, which I yeah. respect. He was like, he was a very much a like fun kind of guy, you know? Yes, he was a fun guy. It's he easy just... to forget to have fun. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think yeah. the more time we spend in this, in this uh, grim working world, the harder it is to have fun. Um, yeah. But we've had a lot of fun. We've managed to have fun for sure. Oh, we've yeah. had fun our whole lives. Pretty much, yeah. I've known you since I was six years old. Exactly. Yeah. Seventeen. What years about kindergarten? Fun. Were you in- uh, we were in separate kindergartens. You were in Leah's. I was oh. in Wendy's. Great controversy back in the Waldorf days. I know. Um, which, yeah, which pre-K class were you from? Yeah, that's a bit. I don't know how. Made a big deal. Made a big deal. Yeah, it was like you gangs. had you had Milo and stuff in yours, and I had Caroline and Madeline and Kenan. Yeah. You never really lost that identity, you know. We um. We were tight in a group there. I don't know how much your listeners know about the Waldorf days. I'm sure you've talked a bit about it in the past. Mm-hmm. I have. I've had Miss Neve on this podcast. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You told her some pretty interesting stories. Yeah. You really opened up quite a bit. Too much? I don't know. Probably by her standards, yes. <laughs> Maybe not by yours. Yeah. I think for you, there's no such thing. That was a fun time, though. She made me dinner, and like we hung out and just talked. It was at her house? Yeah. In Arlington. Oh, I like had the you. moped. I just took it to Arlington. Oh. Boston. I remember that moped. That was a wonderful car. So we were in first grade together. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I totally um, sidetracked that. No, no. It's good. It's good. We were in first grade. Uh, Alvaro was a loud young lad. He was um, <laughs> always making noise. He used to get me in trouble because our names sounded similar. One time I was we were moving our desks around the room to change where we were sitting. And uh, I think Ava Montesi was crying. And Miss Neva called me over and said, what did you do? You said you, she said you rammed her desk with yours. I said, I I literally have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just, I'm six. I'm about three and a half feet tall. 
I haven't spoken this class yet. Please don't call me out. And then Ava was like, through tears, she said, it was Alvaro. Oh, God. I was like, God damn, bro. I have no recollection of that. The first of many times he got me in trouble. And the first of few times I got him in trouble as well. It's been both ways. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's happened a few times. How did you get me in trouble? We'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Mid first grade. And um, I simply remember you. Um, well, we knew you could speak Spanish well, and that was cool. But there were certain words in English you couldn't pronounce, like World Series. Yes, World Series. We were obsessed with the baseball for a while, and he would call it the World Series. Yeah. Because he had probably heard of Sirius Black and Harry Potter uh, and thought those two were somewhat connected. Right. So for you, that was the World Series. Yeah. And it took me a while, too. I think for a while you played it up. Uh, you, you knew it made us laugh. Okay. Because it did. Uh, I remember when we changed our... De- I, this fucking changing desk was such a big deal in first grade. Oh, we yeah. We changed desk for the first time. Up next to? And I remember when Senor Rios came in to uh, teach our next class, you were like, you told her in Spanish we had changed the desks. We were all like, "Oh my God, this kid's unreal! How does he speak it that well?" Mm. We didn't quite grasp. We didn't. We hadn't quite grasped the concept of immigration yet. Um, <laughs> not quite there. We were like, but wow, you we're about to. How does this one kid somehow know Spanish? The rest of us don't. Right. We're like, hey, yeah. como viste? And we're like, "Oh my God, dude, this kid's ridiculous." And then, for a while there, I remember we were making fun of you because we thought you were in love with Linnea. When you're six, you know, there's no such thing as real of course. attraction. But we just believe you. I was you, kind. Say. Maybe. And when you're doing, like you know, you wouldn't fight back. You just kind of smile in the little way you do. Your sweet I smile. I know. I just take, you just it. take it. You just take it. You take everything. Yeah. Even the beginning days, he would just take it, you know, take it yeah. from us. And, you know, yeah, you got sent out in the hall quite a bit. Um, Remember when, uh, did somebody ever, like, get sent out of the classroom? And then, like, when they were leaving, they, like, slammed the door. Oh, maybe. I don't remember that. Do you okay. remember someone's... I don't know if it was like Ethan, maybe Max. That would be a Max Carnathan move. Yeah. I no, say. I think Zhao... No, Zhao wouldn't slam the door. He didn't get angry, really. Not no, when way. Max got angry, he would get angry. Yeah, well... But he didn't get angry a lot. He wasn't an angry guy. He's never been an angry guy. No, he's not an angry guy. He's really pretty relaxed. He can be intense and, com- and competitive, yeah, but not... Well, I feel like if you fuck with him, you'll... Maybe you've seen him get... Yeah, like one time I took I a soccer ball. I think when I was in first grade, and he had to go, and he just like, also, he threw was not, me on the ground. He was not in our class in first grade. So sorry, third grade fourth, must have been fourth or fifth. That's when he joined, right? Yeah, in third grade, he he. I think he, I took a soccer ball, and he just slammed me on the ground and just took it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah you know, but we Walter had this, was good. we had this class and went through a lot of iterations because kids would come and kids. Would yeah, leave we had this girl within our class the first couple of years, Eliza. Remember her, Eliza? Yeah, she moved to Colorado. She did, and uh, just so happened that she went to Marist College, uh, and I actually saw her. I told you about this. Mm-hmm. I reunited with her again some, what was it, fourteen years after meeting her in first grade, second grade, and yeah, I saw her over at Marist. I matched with her on Tinder actually, mm-hmm. and then uh, I went on a date with a different girl from Marist who was her friend. Really? And I wound up at Eliza's house. Yeah, at a party. That is hilarious. <laughs> and then I drove them all to a bar and left. For some reason, I didn't stay with them. I don't what? know why. You should have stayed. Was what was the story? I drove them to the bar. I think I had to get back for some reason. Maybe I had something in the early morning. What, what was the story there? I went to their house. I was on a date with this other friend of hers. <laughs> they were like, and then you know five of them said hey could you drive us down to derby's and i said yeah sure i had my prius took them all to this bar and just let them go and i just i just went home after I don't know, really why, why didn't i stay well because you just wanted to leave. drive home so you yeah. probably didn't want to drink i don't really understand the reason why i didn't stay at the bar that day but and then oh, there's actually some fucking crazy stories with that whole experience where like a couple months later I had this friend, and he really, really wanted to go to a Marist party because Vassar was so lame. And I, of course, I didn't really have access to it, but mm-hmm. I had this friend, Eliza. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, long shot, maybe I can reach out to her and she'll know something. So I kind of texted her randomly saying, hey, what's going on? How you been for the last two months? She said, hey, you should come to – and she said, you should come to my uh, darty, which for those of you who don't know is a day party. I didn't know that at the time. Um, come to our day party at my uh-huh. house. We're going to have a party in the backyard. It'll be great. Bring you and your friends. I said, golden opportunity. I love darties. I was like, yes, this is great. I can impress Mark, hang out with Eliza and her friends, Marist, girls. Awesome. This is going to be a total vibe. And uh, so it was on a Thursday. One of those days. 
Maybe a third, but it was on a day, Saturday mm. probably. Let's say it was you're Saturday. starting to turn into a dad the way you tell stories. You're like, was it a Thursday? <laughs> was it a Friday? I don't know why, don't but know. the day is important to me. I think it was a Saturday. <laughs> I, think was, I think it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Okay, we get over there. I don't know. It sounds like it was on a Thursday. Driving around, we took an Uber there actually. Oh mm. my god, we took an Uber. Oh fuck, this is crazy. We took an Uber there, okay. and when the Uber came to pick us up, I remember I almost got in a fight with this guy, not the Uber driver, but this guy in a car was driving by. And we were in, we were kind of in his way in the road. This is on Vassar's campus, and um, you know, he like honked at us and drove by, and then yelled out the window like, "Well, we don't need you around here, around liberals. We don't need you. Rah, get out of here!" Rah. He's kind of cranked <laughs> at us, and I got so pissed. I was like, "Yo, get the fuck out of here, bro! Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, like, bro, get the fuck out. Go fuck yourself." Uh-huh. And he stopped his car. Oh my god, dude, that's happened to and, me too. You know, and I was like prepared to go up and yell at him. But Mark, you know, he held me back. He's like, nah, bro, it's chill. It's chill. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. He was just like, it's okay, man. Have a good one. You know, I was about to get heated there, man. Damn, um, dude. Anyway, so we went to this day party and uh, we got there and there weren't that many cars outside. So we were a little bit confused. And we got to the entrance and there was like a gate there and a dude standing outside. And he was dressed all in black and said, hey, why are you guys not dressed all in black? We said, what, what are you talking about? He said, it's a blackout party. You got to come dressed fully in black. We said, we didn't, we didn't hear about that. He said, well, sorry, man. I'm like, well, you're not, we're going to, we're going to go in. Like you can't. And he was like five foot two and Mark is a very big guy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're like, come on, bro. We're going to go. We know Eliza. Let's just go in. And he said, all right, fine. It's going to be five bucks. And we said, are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm. Five bucks to get into our friend's party. Mm-hmm. But it's not our choice. We each gave him five, walked in through like eight people there. It's a massive backyard. Mm-hmm. Eight people, you know, they had laid, it's kind of sad. They laid out the keg and the, and the you know, cups and the beer pong table and shit. And there was just no one there. Like eight people there. All dressed in black, though, so they got the memo about the clothes. Right, right. And But know, only eight people? Yeah, maybe like ten, I don't know. And Eliza was nowhere to be seen. Uh-huh. And, you know, the girl I had gone on that awkward Tinder date with was there and some of her friends. And I was kind of walking around. <laughs> and poor Mark was like, well, he's trying to go around and chat people up <laughs> when nobody knew who he was. You're like, where are you from, bro? He's like, oh, oh, I don't go here. I go to Vassar. What Vassar? <laughs> what are you doing what here? What are you doing here? And um, and then Eliza, which is nowhere to be found. And so we um, eventually asked around. They're like, oh, she's up in the house. She came out for like four seconds, said hi, and then went back in. And someone else said, like, oh, she's having a rough time. I think she's crying or something. Someone's, you know, she's having a rough day. Oh, shit. And then someone came out and said, yeah, the party's over. <laughs> We've been there for, like, 45 minutes. And said, yeah, the party's <laughs> done. And we were like, what the fuck? It was, like, 2.30 p.m. in the uh. afternoon. And I was like, shit, man. Mark is not going to think I'm very cool It's like a this. graduation or something. It was 2.30 p.m. We just walked out of the party. Uh. We're in the middle of – we didn't have a car with us. We're in the middle of freaking, you know, upstate, mm. upper, upper Poughkeepsie, New York. Very, very, you know, dismal, depressed mm. kind of place. Not a lot going on. But we had some weed with us, so we pulled out a joint. We smoked probably a couple of them. And then just had, like, they told us at the party, come back at, like, 8 o'clock to my friend's house. We're all going to go out to a bar together. And I said, sure, that's great. So we had, like, five and a half hours to kill now. <laughs> We're going to go back to Vassar. Me and Mark together, five and a half hours with this guy. And, uh, oh my God, we got really baked and we went to Home Depot. We went down, we we walked down to the Home Depot and I went in there, man. And I'll tell you what, I had the time of my life in there, man. That (laughs) Home Depot was like the most fun. You ever been to Home Depot when you're baked? No. That is so much fun, dude. I was going around looking at paint samples. Oh my God. Fuchsia. What is this? Look at these colors, man. This is incredible. Cerulean. Never heard of this in my life. Going around like looking at drywall, uh-huh. feeling around the lumber, feeling the grain of the lumber. Like, wow, wood is different grains. This is fantastic, man. I'm like, <laughs> like picking up drills, turning them on. Dude, this is like a dad's yeah. day off. The store employees were like trying to corral me because I'm just going around <laughs> picking shit up. I had my wiffle ball there. I was chucking my wiffle ball down the aisles. Really? And poor, and poor Mark was not having this at all. He was like, I want to go party and fucking spit game and have a good time and i'm here with this total stoner just going around happily skipping down the right home depot aisles the, the refrigerator aisle like I'm, opening up fridges. <laughs> I'm like sitting on swivel chairs Mark, look at this this is amazing man this thing swivels Whoa. <laughs> we spent a probably good hour and a half in that home uh, depot man and then we went to a starbucks and i fell asleep <laughs> i fell asleep for another 40 minutes or so no not that long but 
Yeah, but Mark, you know, he's a great sport. He was willing to to uh, stay um, chilling with us. And, yeah, so we went to this. I'm sorry. I'm just t- answering a Snapchat real quick here. Okay. Fucking hell, Home Depot. I've never been to Home Depot high. You should go when you're high, man. Mm. So, eventually, we went to, like, a baseball field. We were just – we talked a lot that day, man. Mark is fortunately a very – thoughtful profound guy mm. we had a lot i know it would have been unbearable if it was like someone you couldn't even if it had been you would have been unbearable <laughs> it would have been a lot of fun with you actually you would have been great in this but um, yeah yeah if you'd been boring it would have sucked so eventually we got to this girl's house and we sat there and played some drinking games and we were both kind of like all right can we please just go to the bar and party and uh-huh. we got in a van an uber a big uber and uh drove to this irish bar down there mahoney's in uh poughkeepsie Shout out to that place. And uh, I heard it's great. We got to the door and I was wearing a nice pair of <laughs> shorts, athletic pants with like an NBA logo on the side. Uh, oh, okay. And the bouncer saw that and was like, yeah, no yeah. chance. No They're kind of strict bro. about that, I guess. And I didn't know that at the time. He was like, no chance, buddy. See ya. Uh, so I like got kicked out of the line. Uh, and Mark was still behind that's me. That's a horrible feeling. And Mark was still behind me. And I was like, you know what, bro? It's all good. You go. Have a good time. I'll see you later. Go out there. Do your shit. But you know what? Credit to that man. He said, no, nah, no chance. I'm not leaving you out here for dead. He got out of the line, too. We went home together. I've had experiences and, um, like that. Like, Fernando one time. Yeah. You met Fernando, right? Of course. Fernando had sweatpants on one time, and I had to walk back with him to change and shit. But you got to keep it. You got to just, like, do it because it's, uh, it's a fun walk back, and then you guys are both brothers just, like, going back. And <laughs> Oliver is directing me to keep talking, but which I was already going to do. I'm eating crackers. Yeah, he's eating crackers. He needs a break from talking no yeah but uh fernando man i love that you you've met fernando yeah yeah i'm trying to fernando. i don't know what to talk about i ran out of things to talk about we got to this story because we were talking about the kids who would come in and leave and join our waldorf class oh my god what a sidetrack i know yeah i am ever more great like every day i'm more grateful that i went to waldorf Yeah, my dad like with the second my dad heard about that school, he was like, "Yeah, that's where that's where he's going." I'm I'm I feel I wish my sister had gone there, but you know is what it is. I don't know. Yeah, but now she's going to Minuteman High School, which is like a school where like there's a lot of like hands-on stuff, which is gonna be good for her because she wants to do like carpentry wow. and exactly yeah. And my Miles doing great. Uh, no, yeah, it's a good school because you don't just learn theory, you learn applied theory. You actually like do shit so that the knowledge actually sticks. Um, so I'm excited for her. She's ambivalent about it though because like she wants to have a normal high school experience, you know what I mean? Which is overrated. I feel like she'll have fun if she goes to Minuteman, but Yeah, what does that even mean, normal high school experience? I know, Jesus. My high school experience was like Got normal the last year, but other than that, no. What? What? Something just happened. Oh, oh. What just happened? Can you still hear? Oh, you knocked the cord out of the headphones. That's why. Yeah. Uh, you have to, it's, you might want to take it off and like try because the hole's hard to find sometimes. The hole's hard to find sometimes? I, I didn't mean it in a sexual way. I just meant it in like literally. Yeah. yeah. So. So why are you making this sexual right now? Exactly. Back on, and I am locked in. He is locked in. Oliver is locked in. But yeah, no. What, what's school. your? Uh, do you think college is like? Um, like, what do you think about college as an institution in general? Mm. Sorry, that is like a very intense change of subject. I was just curious because we were talking about school, and it made me think about college and. Well. It all depends, man. You know. Fuck. Hold on. In theory. In theory. Do you want me to take the guitar? No. In theory, college is a great idea in every way. Yeah. You have an institution where young people, you know, form these, form basically one massive cohort, thousands of students, all learning jointly. Um, and learning, ideally, the uh, learning ideally the, the the finest points of human knowledge that we have accrued in our 
millions of years as a species. Ideally, university just teaches you all there is to know or as much as there is to know. You know, that's right. where you go because you want to have knowledge of the world, of knowledge of society, knowledge of things, knowledge of philosophy and, and arts and the sciences. But... But that's just what is idealistically, and of course, it can never be like that in real life because college requires money, requires money, and that is the thing that warps it all. You know, I know just like right? gravity, just like you know, think of how money warps everything. Think of how um, you know, you put matter in space time, it warps space time. That's how gravity is created. Mm-hmm. You put money into education, it warps education, mm-hmm. and that's how inequality and injustice is created. Yeah, um, money and in education are just a terrible mix because. Of course, you ne- you need money to have education happen, but but when there's for profit intentions structurally, because of the structure of our society, not everybody will be able to access the same education. That's obvious. We all yeah. know that to be true. It's just a but also fact of it. also like I I just don't like that college is like it just teaches you like a lot of useful knowledge. Granted, but it's like detached from what you're actually using it for or. So sometimes I feel like you learn this stuff, but then you forget it, and then you only really learn it when you like use it in relation to something. You know what I mean? And so I feel like college is a lot of like learning about books and answers and stuff, but like not actually creating like actual, I don't know, problem solving and stuff like that. Well, I suppose it depends what you study. You were, of course, a mechanical engineer. Yeah, I can't speak to that curriculum at all. That's um, valid. Different curriculums are definitely very different. Like if, you're out, like if you're is, in a communications thing or something. I can speak to being a humanities student, which is probably among the most useless things you can do, which I hate to say. I would love to live in a world where studying the humanities and the arts was necessary, important, valuable, and rewarding, and would help you in life. And it does, but it helps you in ways that are often inscrutable and hard to justify to the world. It's very clear that reading tons of high-quality books and allowing yourself deeply in literature and in writing is immeasurably good for the brain. Immeasurably good for your cognitive functions, for your ability to communicate, for your ability to rationalize the world and to grow and to navigate everything. Because knowledge is the key to wisdom. Knowledge is ultimately one of the prime sources of what we call wisdom and intelligence. And that knowledge lies in books. It still does. But it's so hard to get Capitalize on it. To capitalize on it, yes. And to... It's very hard to, to... to make an equation that connects the amount of books you read the amount of income you're going to make because the amount of income you're going to make depends on what industry you get into and how much success you have in it and how much bias you already have in the industry like how many connections you already have you know money warps everything dude money warps everything that's tough and it's the same with art oh my mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. it's kind of like a beautiful collision between like evil and good like between evil and evil money and art to be an artist and be successful, you need to have human connections in the industry. That's really all that matters. That's where the money is. I wouldn't say it's all that matters. I'd say that matters, but I wouldn't say it's like What everything. else matters? Talent. Everybody has talent. You can put together 1,000 ridiculously talented musicians in a room. Yeah. They can all have – all of them can be superstars. Mm-hmm. Only the ones with connections are going to make it. And also the ones who show up. So you do have to show I'm up I'm not saying it's not part of it. I'm not saying it's not part of it, but like – you do need to just be good. and Of course, but that's baseline. Everyone's good. You know how many amazing cats I hear in Boston every day at these open mics? Mm. Kids who are just ridiculous, who 60 years ago would have been selling out stadiums. It's mm. not even fair how many there are. Mm. These guys, the McCain brothers, oh my God, get out of here. Mm. In a different time, they would be superstars because the world we live in, the way the industry is, the way the, because it's 2023, they're doomed to work, you know, day jobs till they die. Finding it in the arts is requires tremendous luck, tremendous connection, and ruthless drive. You have to be able to give it everything. And asking, you know, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old to sacrifice everything to an art is way too much. But the ones that do it will become successful, you know? Yeah. I told you about my friend Rosie, right? No. Rosie is someone I used to work with uh, summer camps uh, when I did summer camp counseling. Uh, in high school and she was well is a musician guitar player and singer songwriter and we used to hear her play of course all the time at camp she would do talent shows and just sing for us and we jammed together i would jam with her in the past actually i have sick memories of playing guitars with her and hearing her sing and 
It was clear she was immeasurably talented. A deeply profound songwriter, even at like age 17. And, you know, got that amazing alto, husky singing voice. Oh my gosh, just impeccable. And as it happened, uh, she went to college and during COVID, she was kind of sitting at home and not doing much and feeling bored and lost. She started recording herself singing her own songs on TikTok. Uh-huh. And what do you know? She became a sensation. Mm-hmm. And one of her songs, Never the One, went viral on YouTube, on the internet. Became mm-hmm. a, you know how things go viral on the internet. It became viral as a sound. And, well, she got herself a record deal. Mm-hmm. And now she's on a nationwide tour. It was just a bright music hall in Boston. Mm-hmm. Great venue. She's playing all over the country. And she made it. And she had clearly talent and luck and took advantage of something that would get her seen. And she inspires me every day because she is the closest thing I've known personally to someone who made it on their own. Of course, she wasn't entirely on her own, but she did but she as was... close as you get to making it on your own because she was in her bedroom playing the songs she had written on instruments that she had, recording herself with her own voice, putting that shit on the internet herself. And people found it and loved it because it's amazing. Now, it took her years to get that level of songwriting performance, for sure. But once you're at that point, it's luck. Yes. I see what you're saying. Yes. Damn. It sucks that that's the case. Would you be okay if you were like amazing? This is what I was going to ask you yesterday, but I fucked it up. It's like, would you, would you be okay being amazing at your art, but not being successful at all? Or would you rather be less good but be known? I don't want to be known, but I'd like I'd rather be less good and successful and be able to than to be better. Perform, I'd be, but to be broke. able to perform as much as I wanted. Yeah, and live off performing. But wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you just want? Like, wouldn't it be cool to just be way better, even if it? Meant- oh yeah. Um. That's why we practice and why we keep striving. No. Yeah, I know. I, I think I, I'm not the kind of person where that's an end in itself for me. Um, some people are like that. What's your end? My end is to live my life as fully and as richly as I possibly can yeah. in the time that I have. And music has helped me to do that so enormously. Music has been so key to that. Most of my richest experiences the past few years have been through music. And for that, I'll always be grateful. But I don't really care about being an amazing guitar player or singer just for the, its own sake. Mm. So, because if I'm not performing. It's what me, no it's point. what comes with the music if i'm not performing for me there's no point in playing really i often think if i were the last person on earth would i even play would i sing i don't know if i would because there'd be nobody no one to hear me I'd play for myself i guess but when i started i played much more for myself just because i loved the songs i was hearing and i wanted to recreate them but once i got the the thrill of performing i was just i was hooked it's like nothing else man you know what it's like yeah performing is such a rush it really is. You do it well, man. Like last night at that coffee house, I felt amazing, bro. Yeah. I felt like I you was did hot great. that day. Thank you. Um, For me, I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think it, I want to say that I would prefer to be better, but less known. But I Obviously, it would be cool to be known. Uh, well, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I just feel like I just want to be as good. I want to like, I just want to like see how good I can become at something. I don't know. You know if you had asked me only maybe three years ago. Your answer would have been that. Would have been different. I would have said, I want to be known. Yeah. I want to have fame. I want to have my name plastered on marquees. Right. People talk about me on TV shows. I want people to write books about me, people to cover my songs. And a part of me still wants that, but so much has happened in those three years that's changed my attitude on things. Mm. I've been through so much that it's really changed my view on the value of being known and, and having fame. And now, honestly, I, I genuinely don't. <laughs> I don't want to be recognized on the street. I don't want massive notoriety. I think it would be really uncomfortable. I think it'd be incredibly stressful to be that notable. Yeah, I you'd have I would a spotlight on you all the time. Yeah, any mistake you made. Imagine going to Home Depot High when you're famous. Yeah, 
It'd be canceled forever. I mean, it would just be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like such a, such but that's a the thing. It's like, things. that's the, and that's where I agree. Like I would want to just be good enough to sell out like a 200 person venue, make enough to like pay rent and yeah. stuff yeah. and just murder and go around the world doing that mm-hmm. rather than like selling out an arena. It's a dream, bro. It's a dream. But you know, got a ways to well, go. You can't choose how famous you get, I guess. That's true. What happens to you happens to you. Now, I don't see myself ever being famous. I don't think I will be. I don't so know. Be okay I, on that one. I don't know. If, I don't think so. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a long shot for us. Yeah. If we can be successful without it, then we're fine. We're fine. Yeah, if we can find enough enjoyment in the craft itself, then it doesn't matter if we're famous or not. The important thing is to be famous to the people that you care about. Ooh, that's true. Because otherwise you're like lying to yourself, kind of. Or like Honestly, not being the people true to I yourself. played to, the people that I want to admire and respect me and follow me are not strangers. They're people that I know. Mm-hmm. I always imagine myself playing for people that I've known in my life. Family, friends, you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking the Waldorf kids. I just picture myself playing and performing for those people. Because their opinions are what matters to me, not strangers on the internet. Like mm. I don't care what they, those people think. It's people that I know, that I care about. I mm. want them to like what I do. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. I've never thought about that before. But yeah, man, to getting better. To getting better. It's a constantly improving. I know. I feel I I just I feel like even though the artist life is like a gamble it's just so much more like exciting than like I don't know stability Like I'm sure it comes with a lot of a lot of pain in other areas but like what better thing to do than try to do the impossible you know for your life Well and it's 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 the impossible, but it's also the done. It has been done. It has been done, but like it is the reason people like don't do it is because it's like you don't have high chances, mm-hmm. and to and to still go after something even though it's the hardest thing. I feel like you know it takes some huevos. Takes some huevos. Huevos. Takes some huevos. Like all the best things. Yeah. Exactly. very least we don't have to be lonely in this pursuit because there are always other people that are doing we're trying to be artists too. too yeah and there's a lot there's of community others. in those there is yeah i've met like some awesome people like just fucking taking eating dicks on stage yeah yeah you do you meet gems man you meet diamonds of people yeah. out here in this world people those that want to like help rough. you get better mm-hmm. bro those are like the real the real dogs, like real homies. the people that are like giving it out for free and are not phased by competition. I know. That's, that's what I want yeah. to strive for. I wish I was that strong. Just give it away. Yeah. I take it. You know, if strong. you get better, that's fine. It'll help me get better. And like, can you imagine being like that? That magnanimity, bro. That takes such strength. I, just, but I feel like strong. it's like what we sh- should strive for. Yeah. We want to be like that, but we also jealously, it's natural to jealously guard what you have. Yeah, that's true. I think sometimes I mask my jealousy with generosity. With generosity? Yeah, like I feel like I feel jealous that they did so well, so I go out of my way to congratulate them Mm -hmm. and like make them feel good. And like, I don't know, because I don't like being like competitive and jealous. So I'll kind of like mask it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it is like I do mean it. Uh, it's just I also feel jealous in that moment. Well, I told you yesterday I do feel, I do think of these open mics at least musically as being quite competitive. Really? Especially when there are young people around that are my yeah. age. Those make them competitive. Last night's again it was delightful. So, yeah. But competitive. Yeah. I wanted to do well. Yeah. I cared about doing well. Yeah. I was stressed before because I saw how people in the room, those young people, they just have a kind of. We have a kind of energy about us. We're just kind of hunting. We can't sit still. We are pushing, you know. Older people are kind of done. They're just sort of there going up. They're slow moving. It's not urgency to what they do. Yeah, but we have, right, we have that drive right We now. have an urgency to what we do. And that is, you know, again, necessary and irresistible, I think. But 
also a burden. Because hmm. it's the burden of, it pushes you to do better, but it also means if you don't do well, you're going to feel terrible about it. <laughs> yeah. And you regard people that could just be your friends as potential rivals who could be, you know, at least at first. Yeah. Doesn't have to stay like that. In fact, one of the best things you can do is just form friendships with the people that are performing alongside you. Because then as opposed to being your, as to fighting for an audience with them, mm. you can work together. And that's mm-hmm. what I've done with people like Matt and with Ben Cooper and with these guys. People that try to make it alone don't, don't do well. No. You gotta form allegiances. Yeah. And I first heard um, this guy I play with back in Boston, uh, Ben Cooper, amazing, amazing vocalist and, and guitarist and songwriter. When I first heard him play, I thought, "Well, this guy's um, this guy's kind of better than I am." <laughs> well, that's uh, rough. This guy's kind of blowing everybody's socks off right now. And I thought, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just see him as someone that I can someday uh, emulate. He'll be like a goal of mine to reach to be as good as this guy." And now we play together, and now we bust together like three or four times a week Fuck and yeah. um, perform at open mics and just do our thing. We're just buddies and, and co-creators now. That's way better than being rivals. Of course. You get so much more out of it. Yeah, yeah. And now I can learn from him and steal steal his ideas. <laughs> no, I do learn from him a lot. He's taught me a lot already in how yeah. to sing and how to perform. Um, so a lot of thanks to him. Or if he's listening right now, he's not. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they make us better. They do. They make and us also, better. I feel like we're made better by helping other people too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we are. I need to start taking uh, like notes of other comedians because, like, I feel like it helps me sharpen my own like comedic intuition. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if they want the if they want the tag or the idea, then they can have it. Mm-hmm. It's like a win win. You know, give it to him. Give it to him. It's all yours. It's all yours. Have fun. No, I wish you the best. I won't. I won't have fun. Of course, you. Yeah. Unlike me. Yeah. Now I'm gonna hype you up a bit here, so just be ready for that. Ugh. I'm gonna hype you up, so just put those humble, humble Ugh. muscles away for a sec, relax them. You uh, have this thing where you have this potentially successful other career in your back burner at all times because you have been a successful engineer in your life mm. and had that degree, and you've worked successfully as one mm. until you lost your contract, which you know not your fault. Yeah. And, you know, per what I've seen, it sounds like there's a pretty good shot you get hired again mm-hmm. at another pretty lucrative engineering job. Mm. Now, that, my friend, is very impressive. Mm. You should not take that lightly mm. because it gives you something. It gives you a security net. Right. It gives you a friend and helper in your quest to become a successful artist. Yeah. And not everybody has that. And that's why I like what you've been saying about you keep talking about how much you want to have a job at the same time as you work and be able to support yourself and others while you create. I think that's exactly the right kind of call. Yeah, right. Um, the much you can, I think we have to strive to do both. I know. To work and to create. And to create and to work. And to work on our creation. <laughs> <laughs> and to keep working on it. So good for you for doing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. I worked hard. <sighs> there was some massive L's in those mm. tests, dude. Took really? Some, took some D's. In BU? Oh, yeah. Well, they were brutally hard, right? Yeah. There were averages that were like 30%. Yeah. It was crazy. I don't get that, man. Why is... I know. Man. It doesn't matter. Everybody always talks about like, oh, the average is 30, but then there's always good curves. So it's like you basically got an 80. But so on average, people are getting 3 out of 10, correct? Say that again? On average, people are getting 3 out of 10 questions, correct? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's the point? What are know. they learning? They're learning really difficult problems, like word, like it's just crazy math, it's insane math problems. Yeah, like some sort of weird word problem. You gotta like, you're just not gonna get it all right. Yeah, because it's like multiple parts. They'll have like parts A through M. Oh my god, A through M of one. Yeah, problem? I had one like that. That oh, was crazy. Shit. How'd you do on that question? I did okay. I think I got like fifty percent. That's good. Yeah, A through M. That's like fourteen letters. <laughs> I know. Fourteen parts. 12 letters man dude i know i'm so glad i did not follow that career yeah it was brutal it's all just math yeah so you're thinking right what equation for this what equation for this it was it would be like oh like if the water's going this fast down a pipe and Mm. there's this much friction and oh my god this kind of stuff and then you just have to like it's a lot of plug and chug 
people think yeah like you basically just like have to find the right equation then you just put in the variables that's why it's kind of useless it's kind of like why do people get it wrong so much if it's pretty straightforward uh well sometimes it's not straightforward but Mm -hmm. like usually it's plug and chug but there's a lot of equations. There's like hundreds of equations. Oh shit! And you gotta like find one, look it up, and if it's you know just, every single equation. Exactly. There can be the, of when to use it. Oh what, my god. Yeah, it's 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 a shit show. That is just so not my speed. I know. It's you know, not, we did a Vassar in our humanities classes. What? They would say you can write an essay. Okay, about cool. Jane Eyre and say whatever you like. That's really nice. And you're gonna get an A because we want you all to have A's. Right. <laughs> and I wrote probably three essays on Jane Eyre, which is my favorite book. So that was fun. Uh-huh. And I got A's on them. And there nice. you go. I would give you a high five, but you're far away. My essays were were very good, I will say. Yeah, you seem like a good writer. Especially in the early ones. I am a good writer. Are, do you write like in your yeah, spare I time? Write. I still write. Oh, awesome. It's actually, it's a funny thing, you know, this whole writing thing, because, of course, I focused on that in college. I was a creative writing specialist, you could say. Mm-hmm. Wrote a whole portfolio that I submitted for my senior year project and it won an award. Nice. Yeah, creative Writing Award, so... Out of the whatever, 30 kids who were submitting stuff, I won that. That was pretty cool. Um, I was very proud of that collection, but the problem with writing is that it's just completely dead as an art form. Writing you know, short fiction, writing novels, or just doesn't exist anymore. Um, if you want to be a writer in succeed, you have to write your own TV shows, basically. Mm. And that means you have to work for Marvel. I didn't really want to work for Marvel. <laughs> I know, right? I probably should have. Would have made some money there. Marvel's got some good projects, but that is kind of Hollywood now. And uh, it's crazy. There's like art forms that are dead. I never yeah. really writing is writing is writing short fiction has died. It's not there. <sighs> That's so you know, sad. It's, it's very sad, man. It's what I would have been best at if I'd been born sixty years ago. I could have been an amazing writer of fiction. I would have just vibed on that and done it. You know, I don't want to be uh, self-organizing, but I am pretty good at that. Um, not as good now as I was about a year ago. My brain's kind of slowed down a bit, but. Uh-huh. There was a time when I was really, really into writing stories, and I wrote a lot of them, and they were working. They were working. They were working, dude. I got them to work. It was a battle, of course. I wasn't the only one by any means who could write, but you know, I got them to work. It was great. It was fun. That's so. There's no one. It sucks to like cares. realize that like an art form can just die, because yeah. like, especially the one you're good at. Yeah. Fuck. I feel like in that sense, I'm kind of lucky because comedy is like really big right now. Yes. Yes, you're right. That's always going to be a buzz. Comedy is yeah. going to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you know, music hopefully too. Yeah. <laughs> Until the robots write all the jokes and the songs. Oh my God. That's not that far away. No, it's not that far it's away. It's not that far away. That's why, I, that's why like, and that's why like I can't just like sit at a desk all the time. I don't know. I just got to, it's like now's the time, you know? Yeah. But yeah, can't rush it. Vienna waits for you, as Billy Joel said. Vienna waits for you. Your time will come. That's right, man. That's right. Your Everything is as it should be. Everything as it should be. Everything will. All things shall come to pass. We shall not die with a song in our heart, as yeah. Thoreau said. Yeah. We will not die with a song in our heart. And when we, we die, we will just melt back into the sea of atoms and then be born again as a beaver. Yes, God bless. God bless. God bless beavers and God bless America. I'll not be praised. Yes, that's it, man. Yeah. Well, uh, should I play us out with another song? All right, so okay. Thing. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you for coming on podcast. the podcast. We, we covered good, a lot today. Yeah, and uh, support your local artists, all right? Can you like, explain to them who I am? Like, Oh, this is Oliver. Like, He's like my friend from, <laughs> from Waldorf School. I went to school with him K through 8, and then we went to high school together as well. And now he's visiting me in California, so we're just like tearing it up out here. And that is all that I am. That's Alvaro's friend. Good friend. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Do you have anything you want to add? Anything you want to plug? Oh, no, I feel like, you know, we Alvaro and I have been through a lot in our lives, more than he's alluding yeah. to right now. We've a lot been, of almost a lot. stabbings. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's right, man. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've been through a lot. We've experienced a lot of things together, a lot of trips, a lot of adventures, a lot of yeah. plane plane flights and heartbreak and romance and, uh, you know, arguments, sure, and fights here and there, too, definitely, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and disagreements, but we've managed to stay, you know, very close Homeboys. for 17 years, which is pretty impressive. Pretty much, um, yeah. And here we are out in California. It's actually kind of amazing when you think about it. I don't think many people, well, what? I don't know how many people keep connections going for that long. Um, 
Some people. Well, do. I guess other people in our class have stayed pretty tight say, for years. I was going to say Julia Caroline. Yeah, okay, they've done a good job. We're not the only ones. Okay, never mind then. I take it back. We're not special. <laughs> All right. Feel it out. Guitar is a truly wonderful instrument. It's become so ubiquitous in music. Just the standard of, of creation and of uh, collaboration. Easy to learn, hard to master. Are oh, you almost getting tired? <laughs> <laughs> the song is called Jerusalem. When I tell you that I love you, don't test my love. Accept my love, don't test my love Maybe I don't love you all that much Don't ask what kind of music I'm gonna play tonight Just stay a while, here for yourself a while And if you must put me in a box, make sure it's a big box With lots of windows Door to walk through And that's how chill me So we can burn, burn, burn All the things that we don't like And watch the ashes Fly up to heaven Maybe all the way to India I like that All the ancient kings came to my door Said, do you want to be an ancient king too? I said, yes, very much But I think my time is wrong They said, time is relative Or did you misread Einstein? I said, do you really mean that? They said, what do you think we come here for? Our goddamn health or something? Everybody's waiting for the Messiah Jews are waiting Christians are waiting, also the Muslims, feels like everybody's waiting, they've been waiting a long time, I know how I hate to wait, like even for a bus or something, an important phone call, so I think it's time now, time I reveal myself, I am the Messiah, I am the Messiah, I am the Messiah, I am the Messiah Yes, I think you heard me right I am the Messiah It's gonna wait till next year Build up the suspense a little Make it a really big surprise But I could just not resist It's like Dr. Nussbaum was right He's my therapist It's like when you got a really big secret you're just bursting to tell someone It's kinda like that with this He said get out in the open I spent ten whole days in Jerusalem Sweet Jerusalem, mm, Jerusalem All I ate was olives, nothing but olives Mountains of olives, it was a good ten days I like olives, I like you too So when I tell you that I love you, don't test my love Accept my love, don't test my love Cause maybe I don't love you all that much